Hello, and welcome to the Agnes Scott College podcast. I'm Amy Confoss, the Director of Admission at Agnes Scott, and an alum from the class of 2008. Every year, we are thrilled to welcome a group of new Scotties into our campus community. Over three episodes, we're going to be interviewing students, all of whom have been highlighted on our Agnes Scott Admission Instagram page as part of our Certified Scotty series. And this details their journey to Agnes Scott and what they hope the next four years will bring for them. These are recorded on Zoom, so please excuse us for any audio difficulties. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Kai Robinson, joining us from Manhattan, New York. So Kai, to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe where you're from, what your academic interests are, and anything else you think we should know? I'm from New York City. I live in Manhattan. I've lived here my entire life. Um, Both my parents have also lived here in all of their lives. I went to the same school for 13 years, so it was K through 12. I was never very strong in like math or science or anything, so I'm not a really big STEM person, but I've always loved history and English class and stuff like that. And I'm also like through those classes and through extracurriculars that I did at school, I kind of found that I'm also really passionate about activism and human rights, which is also something that can be applied to academics and stuff like that. So so can you tell me a little bit about how you first found out about Agnes Scott? So I first found out about Agnes Scott spring of my junior year when my college counselor gave me the list of his recommended colleges for me. And Agnes Scott was first on the list. And I, my mom had bought me the Fisk Book of Best Colleges 2019. So I was reading about Agnes Scott and that as I was reading, everything just like clicked immediately. One of the first things I saw was the diversity and the school that I went to and have gone to my entire life is predominantly white. You know, I was one of two black girls from kindergarten until seventh grade, and I was one of 13 black girls in the entire high school. So diversity was definitely something that I was looking for. And when I saw that Agnes Scott had exactly that, it just felt right. And then as I read more about, you know, the class sizes and the connections that students have and that faculty have with students, it was exactly what I was looking for. And then once I got in, just because it felt so right, I actually found out after a basketball game. So I was still at school and I was like in the middle of the common area. But I got an email saying there was an update on like my um, admissions portal. So I looked at it and in the middle of the common area, I immediately burst into tears. I was so happy. I told my friend I got in and he was so happy. So everything in that moment was just right. And I called my parents. My principal was there. I told him he knows about Agnes Scott because he used to live in Savannah. So it was just a really great moment. And I immediately knew it's where I wanted to be. Oh, Kai, I love that story. Um, Yeah, so what was it like sort of opening up the portal? Like, did you, yeah, what was it like? It was really nerve wracking because I didn't know if I was going to get in or not. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen or what was on the other side of that, you know, me logging in. It was definitely really nerve wracking, but also very exciting. But Agnes Scott is like, like, obviously I wanted to, get into every school I applied to and I liked every school I applied to but Agnes Scott before I hit submit on the common app I was praying so hard. I was like I really want to get into school I really like the school like I have a feeling this is where I need to be and this is where I'm going to end up so when I opened it I was just so overwhelmed with joy it was a really great moment and I also found out on the last day of first semester senior year so it was already like 
a really big celebratory day and everything. So it was just a perfect ending to a good day. I love that. I, I think you're going to have that memory for a long time. Yeah, me too. What was it like sort of navigating the college search process or at least the selection process for you remotely? Yeah. Um, you probably planned to visit some of your top colleges in the spring. So how did you sort of handle that? I was going to Achievement Weekend, and that's where I really didn't get to go. The other schools that I wanted to visit, I ended up visiting in the fall or in January. But so I didn't get to go to Achievement Weekend, which was very sad because my dad and I were very excited. But I mean, navigating it in the spring was, it wasn't that bad, but it was definitely hard. Also talking to all my friends who had plans to visit colleges and, you know, seeing them go through it. But I mean, in general, the college process, like from start to now, it was definitely really overwhelming. And I think that's why it's so important to like find your people to lean on and stuff like that. Because especially when, you know, you're a senior in high school, everyone else is going through the same exact thing. So it's really important to just, I know from my grade, like we really came together as a grade. And in those moments of, you know, high anxiety, like when early decisions were due and when people were finding out and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very important to practice self-care and kind of, you know, just focus on you and really try to block out like what everyone else is doing and kind of take some time to reflect and figure out what do I want? Like, where do I want to end up? What kind of person do I want to be in this new environment? And like, who do I want to be around? So I think in general, the college process, it was definitely overwhelming. And it was definitely weird towards the end, like not being able to go anywhere. I also think I did a lot of reflection and it was a really nice experience for me. That reflection piece is like so important. So, And you mentioned, which I love this piece of advice that you said, which is, you know, lean on, lean on your people, lean on your support network. So who are those people in your life? I'm very close with the assistant principal at my high school. She's like a second mom to me. I definitely was leaning on her and I was in her office two, three times a day talking to her and also the learning specialist at my school. I'm very close to them and my principal, definitely the faculty who are very supportive of me. And then, of course, my friends who, like I said, my friends who are seniors, we're all going through the same thing. So just, you know, creating an environment where it's all we all feel like safe enough to talk about those things with each other. And there's no sense of competitiveness or anything like that. And then also my friends who are juniors or sophomores, you know, just talking to them, also trying not to scare them at the same time. And I think also my family too, definitely. And, and not just my, my parents, my extended family as well, because on my mom's side, I'm, you know, pretty much the youngest. So I'm like one of the last people to go through this. So talking to my cousins and stuff was very helpful. And just knowing that I had the support system built for me that if I needed to lean on someone, if I you know, if I was slipping a little bit, there was someone there who would see that and like knows me and knows that I might need a little extra push or a little extra, you know, confidence boost. Like maybe I'm doubting myself a little bit. And, oh, I don't think I'll get into the school and just having a little freak out moment. Like I, I know I have my support system there to kind of build me back up and reassure me that wherever I end up, that's where I'm supposed to be. Did your high school do something to celebrate? Like once everybody sort of figured out their plans, was there like, I know it looked really different than it normally would. So what did you do to celebrate? We did um, a virtual graduation ceremony. You know, they planned this big thing because my school has chapels. 
So we were going to have a closing all school chapel. So on the day that we did that, we just had a virtual chapel and they, they confirmed our diplomas and the headmaster spoke, the principal spoke. And then at the end, this was a surprise. We didn't know about this. We knew they were going to do the virtual chapel, but they collected videos from everyone in the school, like students, faculty, like their kids. And they had little slips of paper that said congrats or people who were on teams, like wrote down the team members who were seniors. And it was really, really sweet that they did that. And it meant a lot. And it definitely, like you said, it did look different because I was sitting right here next to my parents, had balloons and stuff. It still felt nice. Like, even though we we're so far apart, it still felt nice. And they really made us feel appreciated. And they actually still have a, an in-person ceremony planned for us on January 4th, um, which I think is really nice because I think for a long time, like I was envisioning me walking across the stage and like, grabbing my diploma and especially after 13 years, like at the same school. So it was definitely disappointing knowing that I wouldn't get that at the time that I planned. But like I said, they definitely made us feel loved and appreciated. And it was a nice way to end such a long chapter. So your class, the high school class of 2020, the college class of 2024, I think your class is always going to be remembered. And so when you were in high school, you were really involved, as you said, um, in movements on Black affairs, women of color, gender and sexuality, and student diversity. Can you tell us a little bit about your interest in that and how you want to contribute with your activism while you're at Agnes Scott? I was involved in the Black Affairs Club all throughout high school. I was a member for my freshman and sophomore year and then at the end of my sophomore year, I decided to run for president. So I got it for junior and senior year. Like I said before, like my school is not very diverse and I was one of a few black students. So that space was always really special to me and really important, making sure that other black students felt comfortable and safe in that space. And that was also a space where people who weren't black could come and learn. And, you know, we could have important conversations about you know, implicit bias or cultural appropriation and stuff. So I, that's how that's how I kind of started getting involved in terms of talking about diversity, equity, inclusion or activism and stuff like that. And then my junior year, I also became president of the Gender Sexuality Alliance. And it was kind of that same feeling of making sure that LGBTQ kids in the school felt safe and felt comfortable, felt like they had people to talk to if they felt like they couldn't go to a faculty member or family member or things like that. And that space also, like BAC, wasn't just a space, a safe space. It was also a space to educate the wider community on LGBTQ issues. And then I was also on the Student Diversity Leadership Council my junior year. And that is a council of about 20 students, 10 through 12. We kind of focus, unlike Black Affairs Club and Gender Sexuality Alliance, which kind of focuses just on those groups, we kind of focus on addressing larger issues to the entire community. And we plan assemblies and lunch and learns and have people come and talk. That was really my first experience with doing work like that, like on such a big level. And, you know, I loved it and it just felt right and it clicked. And I was on it again, senior year, I was lead coordinator. We, that year, my senior year, our theme was implicit bias. We planned a lot of assemblies. We had, there's a book called Blind Spot. And we had one of the authors come in and speak to us. She did like a three hour like seminar thing and spoke to the entire high school. And, you know, I just really like 
having those conversations and coming to a place of understanding that, you know, everyone is equal and everyone deserves to be treated with the utmost respect, regardless of their race, gender identity, sexuality, religion, class, ability. Like, and I mean, it's just, it's just something that comes to me and it's something that I'm very passionate about. I don't, I, it's hard for me to find the words to explain like why it makes so much sense for me to just not only be passionate about for, but for me to want to dedicate my life to it. But it's just something that I found. And, and also when I started doing this stuff junior year, I was coming out of a really hard place mental health wise. And it gave me a really good outlet besides just focusing on my schoolwork. So that also is kind of why it became so important to me because it was a really good place for me to explore passion that I didn't even know I had so deeply. So you were at your school for 13 years. Yes. It also sounds like you were quite busy the last few years there. Yes, <laughs> that was very busy. You really worked to make the school a better and more inclusive place. And do you feel like that was a success? Do you, do you see people continuing on with that work? I know it's hard because you're not still there. So even though I'm not still there, I am, maybe this is weird, but I'm still very involved in the school. And I think that's the reason I did all this work with Student Diversity Leadership Council and Black Affairs Club and Gender Sexuality Alliance is because I care about my school. Some of the stuff I did and some of the conversations that, you know, I had with the school community, I was like angry. I was like, why do I even have to have this conversation? I think that's natural. But the thing is, if I didn't care enough about my school, I wouldn't even have put in time or effort to have those conversations. So I'm still very involved with my school. And actually, I helped. I'm on this organization called Black Students Demanding Change, which is something that started in New York um, at the beginning of the summer with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything. So um, this one girl from another school in the city, she founded it. And so a bunch of us, about 30 of us, we're like, yes, this is something we want to do. And what we do is we work with our schools to help them become actively anti-racist and more inclusive. So we came up with the list of demands that the school can implement, implement to make sure that we are anti-racist, whether it's the educational curriculum, when it's supporting, you know, students of color, when it comes to faculty and, you know, what faculty are there, what faculty stay. And so... I'm very involved with my school in that because in response to our demands with Black Students Demanding Change, they created an anti-racist task force, which I'm on. So I'm definitely going to continue to be very involved. And that's definitely where I see the change happening because and the change continuing because, I mean, before it was pretty much just students kind of leading this change. And now I'm really seeing the administration, the adults, because they were always supporting us when we were doing this work, but now I see them leading it. We've always, we've kind of need them to help us. It can't just be us. So I definitely see that change continuing and it makes me really happy to see my school very eager to do this anti-racist work and eager to do whatever they can to make sure that this school is, in, is an inclusive space for all students and everyone who walks into the building. That's really exciting. And I think it's really exciting to see you sort of take this very, very important thing and like see it from your high school in New York, to me, the biggest city <laughs> ever, right? Um, and, and to find others who are really working in this space. So do you, will you be able to continue that from Georgia? 
Yes, I'm hoping I will be able to because I'm on the for the task force, I'm on the teaching committee of like helping teachers like learn how to become anti-racist in their classrooms. And I'm also on the student advisory committee. So I'm hoping I'll be able to, you know, give my input. I'm sure I will. And I mean, for the time being, while I'm still here, I'm definitely going to be at my school visiting the assistant principal, having lunch with her and stuff. You know, I'll be around and I have my connections to check in from Georgia just to see how everything's going. So, yes. Um, Well, one thing that I think I read in your certified study post is that you've already connected with Wakazi, which is right, Agnes Scott's Black Student Union, and it's an amazing organization. So can you tell me, like, what, how did that connection already happen? So over the, was it, I think it was in May when I started seeing the Instagram. So, and they were looking for membership chairs for like their community service committee and coming from doing all this stuff in high school, of course, I wanted to be involved in the Black Student Union. So I signed up immediately to be a part of the group. It was time for me to make a decision about if I wanted to be in a leadership position. You know, I had all these leadership positions in high school and I loved having those leadership positions and I loved those clubs. And I decided to, I'm not... um a co-chair of any of the committees, but I am on the community service committee. But I kind of decided to like not jump at the chance to be in a leadership position. I think the reason why I do that is for my own personal growth to kind of take a step back and figure out what kind of leader I want to be and reevaluate what leadership is to me. And I've already started doing that through legacy and you know through my leadership prologue, my leader like one-on-one class, I've already started doing that. And it's really nice for me to kind of take that space and kind of grow as a leader and just take a step back from always being the one who's organizing everything or the one who's always talking. Yeah. But I still had to be involved. So I'm definitely on the community service committee and I loved working with the people on that committee. So are y'all already meeting? The whole admission team is like, what, how is it working for, you know, student groups and things like that? So it sounds like you're already meeting. Yes, yeah, so we have been meeting and we're planning some virtual events. And so stay tuned because those are def- those are coming up in the fall and stuff. But um, yeah, we've been meeting since I think like we started meeting in July, actually. You have gotten very little rest this time. <laughs> yes, yes. But I think I'm used to it because it's come to a point where if I'm not doing something, like I, I have to be busy in some way or else... I kind of just don't know what to do with myself. I sort of know the feeling. I'm very good at like tuning out sometimes. You mentioned self-care is really important. So what what are your self-care kind of things? Well, I'm really connecting with my friends. The people I keep around me and the people I surround myself with and the people I call my friends are very important to me. And they mean a lot. And those connections, those strong connections mean a lot to me. So just communicating with my friends and Obviously, it's hard to see them now. It's a little bit easier to see them now since I'm not in Georgia, <laughs> but, but it's still a little hard to see them now. But just staying in touch with them and, you know, checking in every few weeks and just chatting, it's very important to me. You know, I really love my friends a lot and they've been there for me, keeping in touch with them. Also, of course, watching Netflix. I do <laughs> watching lots of TV. Yeah. And just, you know, taking that space for myself, whether 
I'm watching Netflix or I'm journaling or I'm calling a friend. Just in terms of journaling, like writing stuff out has become very important to me. It's something I started doing about two years ago. Maybe sometimes you can't always talk to someone about what you're feeling. Like maybe you're afraid someone else won't understand, but getting it out of your head is so important, even if it's just on paper. So I do write a lot, whether that's like writing for a class or like writing something inspired by something I did in a class, writing out my thoughts, but definitely friends, family, writing and Netflix Netflix. are are my forms of self-care. Well, one thing that you did is that you mentioned legacy. So yeah, I want to know more about it because you said like, I really did start to think about how I want to be a leader, how I want to show up and maybe reevaluate that or, or think more about it. So what was that experience like? It was really very interesting because I had never really, really had a conversation about what it means to be a leader or what leadership means. And I've never taken a class about leadership development or anything like that. Honestly, that's one of the things that also drew me to Agnes Scott was such a large focus on leadership because obviously it's something that I have done like often in the past and it's something that I'm passionate about. So why wouldn't I go somewhere that, you know, will help me find out what that means to me and what I want to do with the power that I create for myself by being a leader. But with Legacy, we watched clips, we watched the TED Talk, and then there were some um, documentaries that there was one about John Lewis, and there was one about the Atlanta student movement that I had never heard about that happened. Watching those videos and reading articles and then having conversations when we met during the day on Zoom and just hearing other people's thoughts, that's what kind of started stirring those things in my head. And then on the first day of my leadership class, we wrote down, um, well, we read Agnes Scott's definition of leadership. And then my teacher asked us to write a six word, our six word definition of leadership. I definitely, you know, really changed what I kind of thought a leader was. Cause I think for me, it was always easy to think that a leader is the loudest voice in the room or the person who's like the face of a movement or something. But the reality is you can be a leader from anywhere. My six word, actually, I kind of changed it because it wasn't six words because My six word wasn't a real sentence, but the one I ended up saying was using reflection and empathy to guide your power. (laughs) Um, Thank you. And, you know, like writing that, it's just you can you you can reflect on yourself and use empathy to guide whatever power you create for yourself from anywhere. You don't need to be the loudest voice in the room. You don't need to be the face of a club or the president of anything to be a leader. You can define for yourself what being a leader is and you can be a leader from wherever you are. And I'm definitely I think that definition could also change not only for the rest of this year, but for the rest of my time at Agnes Scott, since it's something that I'm going to be thinking about constantly. Kai, I love that you're engaging with it already. And and certainly like we get to talk about that, but like I've never been a part of Legacy, right? That started after my time at Agnes Scott. Mm-hmm. So it's great to hear about your experience with it. And, and then also, you know, I think all of us were like, well, can you still make these connections through Zoom? Like, can you have Legacy through Zoom? And it sounds like you, you took the important pieces of it. So. Yeah, for sure. 
So I have one final question for you. I think this is a fun one. What is one thing people should be reading, watching, or listening to right now? I think, especially considering the time that we're in with the Black Lives Matter movement, definitely listening to podcasts and reading books. I know So You Want to Talk About Race is a good book that I've heard a lot of people say is good. But I think in terms of watching the news, that can get really overwhelming for anyone, no matter who you are. And just seeing what's happening, can it can be overwhelming. And you can get really upset easily and understandably. But, you know, I always think you need to use that anger and you need to use that passion to make a change. And, you know, like I said before, with being a leader, you don't need to like start up like a foundation or, you know, some organization to make a change. You can make those changes just by, you know, watching a documentary and recommending it to friends or family, reading a book, listening to a podcast. Definitely at this time, really paying attention to what's going on in our world, especially with the election coming up and everything. I mean, I think just in general, this is a very strange time. A lot is going on and it's really overwhelming and it's hard to even focus on one thing because it seems like everything is connected. I think definitely doing your best to make the change and starting that change, you know, with yourself and taking that time to reflect and reflect on the privilege you may have, your implicit biases and what you do with that is what matters what you do with that acknowledgement and how you move forward in your life and how, you know, you affect the other people in your life. That's what matters. And that's what we need to be paying attention to right now. Are you going to be able to vote? (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) And this is your first time? Yes, it is. Like you're all set. You've registered. Yes. And are you going to vote on the day or are you planning to vote early? I'm going to vote early just because especially everything going on with the post office right now, everything seems a little unsure. So I'm definitely going to vote early, make sure. It's in there. It's counting. Exactly. Oh, well, I'm really excited that you can vote for the first time. Me too. (laughs) Um, And another way to express and exercise your right. Um, Well, Kai, I have loved talking with you and getting to know you. I I was so amazed to read your certified Scotty. And you. I, I love that you're, you know, taking a second to pause your leadership, figure out what you're, what it's going to look like for this next chapter in your life. I hope you know, I am thrilled that you're at Agnes Scott. We need you. And you're going to be an amazing part of our community. And one day I'm going to meet you in person. Yes. <laughs> and I cannot wait. This podcast is a production of Agnes Scott College, leading everywhere, the Agnes Scott College Podcast.